the mental health aspects of it is just as important as the, the physical health. And so you, you're going to have to get strong mentally because it's not going to be easy. Thing for live once again. Hello, everyone. I'm and beyond. This is High Achievers all over the world. How's everyone doing? We have Vinetta here. We have also Eric as our special guest today. Today, we are super, super excited. Before we end this year, we're going to have something really good for you all. And for those who still have races this year, guess what? This one's going to pump you up. And for those who's like building up your race race agenda next year, this one will get you going as well. You guys are ready? I'm ready. All let's right. So let's jump in because today you're going to learn so much so my suggestion is for you to actually get your pen and paper because this is going to be so good. And if you want your friends to actually jump in here, make sure to tag them as we go along. Well, today we're going to talk about top 10 things that Eric, our special guest here, learned on his three-year journey as a busy dad to become an Ironman Kona finisher. We're talking about three years before qualification then qualification, and then actually racing the Ironman, Kona. Yes. All in three. <laughs> All right. Pretty amazing. I love it. And that's why I, I think it's worth actually talking about it. Let's see if he's actually human. How could you do this one all in three years? And I'm sure we're going to touch base a lot of different uh, surprising stories as well as we go along. But here you go. Today, we're going to, I'm sure we're going to touch base and discuss things such as time management, how to structure your time as a dad of four kids. So training and family responsibilities are on track. Mindset. We're going to talk about that too. How to believe and keep on target even when challenges appear. And for Eric, I mean, it's almost for, every, it's, all the time. <laughs> it's three years. You have to be like, you know, your goal has to be pretty clear and you have to be yep. very, you know, on target to actually hit that. That's a long time. Yep, yep, yep. All right, next. Well, three years. Okay. What else can come up, could possibly come up? COVID. Well, yeah, there was COVID, <laughs> by the way. 2020 is COVID year. So that was actually the time when I met Eric. So we'll talk more about that in a bit. Um, so when you're building up this volume to Ironman distance and when you're racing, training, you know, especially if you're just learning all the skills to get faster, how can you get faster? Because he wanted Kona, all right? So injury prevention, what can be done proactively to decrease the chances of getting hurt in the process? Anyone wants to know that? Raise your hand. Is this something that interests you? Are you are you already, you know, like practicing this once already? And if you are, you know, share those also so we can learn from each other. Yeah, I'd love to hear All right. what, what others are doing. Next, uh, strategy, race strategy, how to make sure you're focusing on the right, right things and working smarter, not harder. Okay, so it's not really just swim, bike, run. It's also being strategic with your training, with balancing your time, priorities, like, there's so many things going on with triathlon. There's swim, bike, run. Is it just swim, bike, run? So you're going to learn also that today because a lot of our, our, our athletes, you know, especially for the new ones, especially for me also, I thought it was just swim, bike, and run. But if you want 
to be a strong triathlon finisher, there's more than that. And also if you want to not get injured, if you want to keep, be healthy and remain sane, <laughs> you know, there's more than that. So today, today you're going to, we're going to touch base that. All right. Next thing, balance, how to have a balanced life and not have training, put pressure on other areas of your life. Okay. Especially, I think this one is very, very important, you know, because we have our family who supports us and definitely, you know, there's the work. <laughs> All right. We do have to work. And also, you know, when, when there are a lot of like go-getters, high achiever, high achieving athletes, some of them like coach, give me more workouts. I can do this one. I got two hours or one hour, but then how about the family and work? How can you balance that, right? To make sure that you are actually, you know, like you're not dropping the ball. Next, uh, last but not the least, how to leave the phrase, cool, calm, collected. Actually, this is a phrase that Eric mentioned in one of our training videos, uh, tra a live training in the past. I'm going to show it to you right now. This is actually the third time <laughs> within three years that we invited Eric as our special guest. So we're not going to go into details of like how all his races or how he got here. It's more, this one is more of a summary of the 10 things he learned after the three-year journey. But if you'd like to know how he was, so you can actually really relate and you can understand, hey, Eric is just like me. Well, if Eric did it like this way, why not me? Yeah. Right? And where was he three years ago? Yeah. Where was he two years ago? So we right? actually interviewed him before he qualified for Kona. And at that time, I already, hey, Eric, you're a special human being. I'm able to train you and you can take it. And you are still balancing your time with your family and your business. So how a dad of four is winning races and training for IMCDA and IMAS at the same time. All right. So he got two Ironman at the time. That was 2021. Actually, that was just last year. Yeah. That was just last year. That seems like that's a long time ago. Yeah. So um, that was, uh, so if you want to, uh, to complete this one or check it out so you can like, Hey, I can do this one. This one was before Eric qualified for Kona. You know, and so this one just say pre Kona Eric, hashtag pre Kona Eric, and then we'll give you that link there. Uh, the next one here, we also invited him after after he qualified for Kona. Again, it was one of those things that like I gotta know more. You know, I want to share more what he and also so she can he can give more of like what how did he qualify on his Ironman Kona second Ironman. Boston Fair Marathon. Actually, he qualified for Boston Marathon after he qualified for Kona. We realized, hey, you might as well try it out, <laughs> you know. So he's his first marathons, you know, like he was doing it after 112 mile bike. So basically, that was his marathon. So he qualified for Kona and he qualified, guess what, for Boston Marathon only early this year. And that was his second marathon. So if you want this one, we also talked about this one, mainly also because he showed here that he was training for, you know, like to qualify for Kona, to qualify for Boston with four kids. And on top of that, he was also doing that 
making an impact to his community. So he does a lot of volunteer work. And then we talk about that, like, how do you balance this one? You know, so he's not just a family man. He does help in his community. So that one, if you want that one, just put hashtag qualify for Kona. And now we're back. So for those who's just tuning in, yeah, so we are going to be talking about top 10 things Eric learned on his three-year journey as a busy Tad to become an Ironman Kona finisher. Let's say hi to everybody who's joining right. us. Hi, Andrea. Good to have you. Jason's here. Reggie. Hi, Jason. Here. Reggie. What's Brian's up? Brian's here. Brian, Andrea, Wendy. All right. Sheila, Fanny, Yesenia. People are just jumping in. All right. Ron's Wayne here. Ron is here too. Patrick, a lot of goodness. Vivian is here. All right. Everyone, welcome, welcome. If this is your first time to tune into our live, say I'm new. I'm excited. I want to learn more. And if you're here uh, on live, put hashtag live. If you're listening on replay, hashtag replay. So we know when you're listening to it and you're super excited. Well, without waiting further, let's introduce Eric from Arizona. What's going on, Eric? Congratulations on all this achievement. Three years. You yeah. are here. It feels like longer, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I've known you in a while, three yeah. years. And I think about it, like how many times have I seen you in person? Only once. <laughs> <laughs> and That's actually wild. that was COVID, before COVID here. So yeah. let me... I, you know share you like how we met eric eric i met him he was one of the members athletes in ironman and beyond just like every one of you guys that in ironman and beyond so we had that 30-day swim boot camp and eric was in there and actually he he took an effort to actually go to california from arizona and that was back in march 2020 before covid and that was that was the only time I met you in person, but we're like this. Three yeah, years. yeah, for real. <laughs> All right. So, well, three years. So everyone, when when we started coaching uh, Eric, one of the questions that we did have, and let me uh, just go back there. Uh, I asked him, you know, Eric, what do you really want? That's one of the questionnaires that we do have. And he told us back in 2020, Eric said, hey, coach, on the written written form, he said that he wants to qualify for Kona. And he said five years. All right. Good to know. But you know what? With us, be careful what you ask for. Now I know. Right. <laughs> now I know. Now we're going to make it happen. You know, well, what we do in Pisces Fox Coaching, we actually, you know, like once we know, we don't pressure the athlete. Hey, let's get there in five years. What we do is actually we do our best every single day. You know, we give our best every single day. So we're not really like, oh, okay, let's go there like five years. You know, we just do our best. But what's great about it, this is that he qualified for Kona in a little over a year. That was last year. So we started coaching Eric in 2020 and he qualified in 2021. And then that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And then just last month, he finished Kona. So yes. that was three years. I said, just remember only three years. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Everything. What do you think about it, Eric? Uh of that, how, how it happened? It's still pretty surreal. Being in Kona was um, was pretty crazy, you know. So I just didn't think that it would happen that soon. I was always um, 
you know, I always thought that like, I, I did kind of set that goal, but that was kind of like, it was more of a wish if I want to be, you know, honest. And, um, you know, cause sometimes we, we like, we have these goals or these dreams and we don't really believe in them ourselves. They're just kind of, you know, fantasy. Yeah. And, um, but I, I did think that eventually I would get there on the legacy program. And so I thought that that would, you know, that I think they just changed that to, to 12 or did they change it to yeah. 15 from 12? I, right now, I feel, I think it's 12 still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a lot. And so it would, you know, doing one a year would take, you know, 12 years to get there. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to, you know, if I want to move this along, right. I'm going to do multiples a year. And that seemed um, just completely crazy at the time too, you know, just, just to do one, I remember was just a huge, you know, just, it didn't, it didn't seem possible to even do one from at the beginning at least. So, yeah. so yeah, it's cool that within that time that, you know, so many things happened, I was chasing my, I did that first Arizona. And then that second year I was chasing the, the two Ironman in a year. Yeah, I was signed yeah. up for Arizona and um, Santa, Santa Rosa, I think. Cordelaine, Well, Santa Rosa oh, was, Santa Rosa. It, it was, I was signed up for it and it got canceled, I think because oh, of COVID. That's and right. so then that was deferred. And so then I had a chance for Coeur or something else. Yeah, did so I thought, Oh, I heard Coeur pretty. And then it was in June, which, and then Ironman Arizona is in November. So that spaced them out pretty good, you know, within the course of a year. So it was like, okay, this, this makes sense to be able to do two in a year. And that was really the objective was just to get that second one in, in the year. I never went into, uh, I never signed up for Coeur d'Alene thinking that it would be a qualifier for Kona. So, so yeah. it's a great bonus. You didn't even yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. that, so that's, that's what's great about like uh, how we do it. It's like, we just do our best. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, shoot, I qualify for Kona. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Awesome. Uh, what I'm wondering about and what others may be wondering about is, I mean, it sounds like you're kind of new to triathlon, but I mean, all the things you've done, it sounds like you've been kind of doing it forever. How long have you been doing triathlon? So my, my first um, Arizona triathlon was 2019. And so, and I think that's it. I'm terrible <laughs> on dates. But I had I had volunteered for one, and then I um, I, I volunteered for the swim, and yeah. that got really interesting. My sister had done one, and so it was like, okay, once I volunteered, I got that um, priority registration, and so it was like, okay, I'll sign up. You know, I didn't didn't have a bike, didn't swim. I had been running a little bit, but like half marathons. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so it was, uh, but that was I, I want to say that was 2019. So. It was 2019. So four years. I mean, somebody looking at these achievements and looking at the poster, they would, they'd probably say, you know, are you some sort of superhuman? How are you even like, what do you eat? No, far from it. it. Like I said, it still feels really surreal sometimes, but we, you know, you, like I said, you do this for a while. And like, when I, when I signed up to do two in a year, I thought that that was crazy. And now it's to the point where it's like just the way we train and the way it becomes a lifestyle. It's like, you could wake me up tomorrow and say, let's go do an Ironman. And I'd be like, let's go, you know? So, it's, <laughs> you know, um, you know yeah. it, even if you're not fully prepared for it mentally, you've already done it, you know? So it's like, you know, you can do it again. So it doesn't, it's, it's still funny talking to people. I was in the bike shop just yesterday and I had my Ironman shirt on 
and yeah. they and you forget that you're even wearing that you know then somebody asks about it and, oh you did and, <laughs> yeah and they're just they're so like um you know in awe of it sometimes and it's really yeah. wild to think like yeah yeah I, I did that that is pretty cool so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's pretty amazing I mean you started like everybody else starts being absolutely you know, so how about this? I want to know for those who's listening here, like when did you start your triathlon? Yeah, let's put some put down years. below. And where, where did, how did you start? Did you go Ironman right away? Did you go sprint first, Olympic? I did this baby step um, um, to the Ironman. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of baby steps. So like I said, I, it was November when I did the volunteer okay. and then I signed up for it in December when, when registration opened gotcha. and I I don't think I bought a bike until like 19. February or March. Crazy. And I was, I, was I used to travel a lot for work. So I was going to California to do a job there. And then okay. I, I didn't even know that they had just ordinary small triathlons in Arizona. I didn't know that the community is what it is. I didn't, I didn't know any of it really existed. I just thought that Ironman was triathlon and that was, that was it. And so then I, I did some research and I found the Rocky Hill triathlon in California. Uh-huh. And I said, Hey, I, I'm That's while well, I'm going to be there. I could do that. And I found a bike on like Craigslist for, <laughs> I think I paid like four or 500 bucks for it. I, on, what, I what? loaded it into my truck on the way out of town. I had, I went and bought shoes at REI and a helmet. And I went and I did this, you know, this triathlon and it was, it blew my mind. I was like, what's going on? You know, it was just crazy. I didn't know how to, I didn't know about the swim. I didn't know about like, how do you, how do you change your clothes? What do you wear? Um, it was a pool swim and that was wild because it was just very, you know, disorganized and, and crazy, but yeah. that was a, I think that was a sprint distance gotcha. and, and it kicked my butt. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's funny now, you know, cause you think, you think about it and it's like, oh, that's, you know, it's just a sprint, but for a first timer, it's, it's, it's a lot, you know? Yeah. 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 Cause it's especially the first time going to the transition, changing all this. Yeah. Was that, uh, should we say that was 2018 or 19? That would have been 2000. If your Ironman Arizona is 19. That would have been 2019. Yeah. Cause it oh, was wow. 2000, okay, November, right. 2018 that I volunteered. Got so that would have been wow. that your you first know, March. Your first, uh, you know, sprint was even 2019. And to think in four years, Kona. Yeah. And not just Kona, everyone. So not just Kona. Let me just quick, uh, give a quick glimpse here that we have in one of our websites. So here you go. Uh, this is uh, Eric, one hour or less training. And we'll talk more about that. Extremely busy schedule. Uh, schedule running his own business, being a father and doing triathlon. Uh, these are all his races accomplishment in just, you know, let's say three years with us, four years total as a triathlete. Um, Kona, Boston Marathon, his second marathon was 313, 53, 724 minute per mile. He was top 6% uh, male age group in his uh, Alcatraz. Personal record for 70.3 was 502 which after that Arizona 70.3, he did the rim-to-rim finish <laughs> uh, two weeks. And then two weeks after, he also did the Arizona again. Uh, he also had done the Goggins 4x4 by 48 finisher. And he also did the uh, v-, v Everesting cycling fi- uh, finish with me 
hour and you're on a trainer and that we did that during the COVID year when there's no races. Hey, let's do something. He did that for, uh, let me see. Uh, let me see. Yeah, 29,000, 29 feet elevation gain. And that was about at least 15 hours on the trainer. That was, <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> that, was, that was one of your first, uh, first long ones. That was uh, awful. Yeah. And that was in the trainer too. My family got to watch that and they were just like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But then one of the things that we actually um, met Eric in is one of the things that he had done is, uh, let me just quickly show you. So this was his Everest thing. And this one was the first time that I met him. He actually, he was the feisty fox shark. He went from 149 minutes per 100 yards to 134 minutes per 100 yards. That was about March of 2020 during COVID year. So he came from 149 to 134 minutes per 100 yards in 30 days. 30 days. I think that was your breakthrough as well. Like, oh, I could be a fast swimmer. Yeah, that was um, that was cool because I thought that I had kind of topped out and um, yeah, with one yeah, because I and I I had like zero swimming like when I you know thought that I would sign up for this you know Ironman thing I was like oh yeah I'll join the gym and I'll go get in the pool I I don't think I could swim a hundred yards without like stopping and holding gotcha. onto the edge you know gotcha. so gotcha all right well let's go back to this because I know like after learning more of like how you were three, four years ago, which is, you know, four years is when you just bought your bike, not knowing much about triathlon. You went into this triathlon for a sprint and then signed up for your, and then did your first Ironman Arizona. And that was back in 2019. Cool right. year, 2021, you qualified for Kona. 2022, you finished your Ironman, uh, Ironman Kona just last month. So now, so for those who's just tuning in, we're going to talk about this one. We're going to jump in and Eric is ready. Yeah. Prepared for this. Did a little, did a lot of reflection going back. What did he learn? <laughs> I said, Hey, Eric, let's get some time on the reflection. Before you, before you do that, I am wondering what is everybody else's questions. Put yes. them in right now. We're going to be, if I, I, I we do want to know if it. there's something we don't cover, we can go back and see. Yep. If there's something we can help you guys with. And if he's already inspiring you, just saying like where he, how he was, that would be great to know as well. We're really thankful that, that Eric is here. But yeah, feel free to please. Uh, we're here to answer your questions. Go ahead and ask questions as we go along. While Eric and I and Vineta here, we, we're going to be discussing top th th 10 things he learned on his three-year journey as a busy dad. He got four kids little ones go ahead eric what are the top things you're ready for this um yeah i <laughs> kind of um you know so i you just asked me about this last week and uh, you know first of all i'm like really flattered that you asked me to do this because i i don't think that i you know i'm i am just ordinary i know Vanetta, thank you but i'm not superhuman um <laughs> uh and you know but it's exciting to me because i i really am um you know I, I love the sport and I think that it's for anybody who wants to do it. And it's amazing when, when we're out there and we see people of all ages, all shapes, all sizes doing it, it really is amazing. And so I, if I can share a little bit of that and kind of um, even encourage somebody who might be thinking like, 
I want to do it, but I don't know if I can, um, you can absolutely do it. So I just, so thank you for this opportunity. And um, when I, when you asked me about the top 10 things, it was like, oh, how do I, you know, how do I put those in a list and how do I, um, you know, number those? And, and really, I just kind of had to start down and thinking, sit down and start thinking about about the journey really mm-hmm. and how I got here. And, uh, and there's like no clear like roadmap, you know, you can't really, you know, sit down with somebody and say, well, you know, do this, 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 and this, and you'll get there, you know, cause it's going to look different for everybody. And so uh, for me, it was a lot of, uh, a lot more mindset than, you know, that like you, like you have the coaching and you have the training peaks plan and you follow the plan, but along the way, there's a lot that you learn about yourself mm-hmm. uh, along the way, and a lot that you learn about life and with how, how to make it all work and how to pull so much out of you. So, so that was kind of like the basis be, behind these points. So it's not so if you were, came looking for a roadmap, um, you're gonna have to get a coach and get a, a plan. <laughs> so, um, but um, the so the first one that brings me to that is that in my eyes, the the, the mental health, health aspect of it is just as important as the the physical health. And so you you're gonna have to get strong mentally because it's not going to be easy. Um, there are gonna be times when you want to give up and you want to quit. And, um, sometimes you question yourself. And so that was, that's probably, um, been the biggest thing for me is cause there were, there were a lot of times when I was like, you know, it goes back to that first, uh, triathlon that we were mm-hmm. talking about. I remember finishing that and I was just like, what is going on? Like, I, mm-hmm. this is crazy, you know? And then I remember the second one, I came back home to, to Liz and, and I, I was signed up to do a, a full, you know, and I, I got through, <laughs> I think I did my first Olympic one. I, my goggles got kicked off in the water. My, my bike, I got out of the water. My bike was the last one there. I was the last person out of the water. Wow. You know, I, yeah, I got back in on the bike and they were already announcing winners and I still had to go out oh. and do the run. Oh. I was the, like the second to last finisher, you know, it was just like, yeah. I remember getting home and feeling so defeated. And I was just like, I don't know. I, like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It was just like one, one day at a time. So I think that, um, I think that's the biggest one is that like that you need to realize is that you're going to have to um, strengthen your mind and the rest, you know, the rest will come, but you, you're going to have to make a choice that you, that this is something you want to do. Maybe it's not an Ironman per se. Maybe it's not Kona. You know, but if you want to do triathlon, um, you just kind of have to make the choice that you're going to, you know, start doing it and stick with it. It does. Yeah. Especially if you like try to race the bar, it will get hard and harder and harder, but then you get stronger as well. You learn from the process during the process. Right. Absolutely. Good, good, good. Um, So the second one, I just mentioned it too, is um, the coaching. I think coaching is... Uh, critical unless you want to do a lot of reading and get very confused on a lot of different um, to ways to go about it because there's there's a lot of different um, types of coaching strategies and ways of thinking and ways to approach it and so um, I, I recommend getting a coach I don't know if I would have um, advanced so quickly trying to do it on my own so mm-hmm. Um, and with a coach, you get, um, 
you know, there's like, like a trust relationship. You kind of feed off of each other and then you have somebody who can, who knows you and who knows when to push and when, when they can pull things out of you that maybe you don't think that you're capable of. Um, because it's, no matter how like motivated you are, that you'll still kind of make it easier on yourself, you know, without a coach there to, to push you, in my opinion. I mean, there are some yeah. people who are really, kind of really like bandit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that would be the, my second bullet point and, would be coaching. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit? So, cause other people might be looking for a coach and they might be thinking like, how do I know this is the coach for me? How do, how do I determine what would be, I don't know, your top three things that you would look for in a coach and a good coach? Um, I th that's hard. I think you, I think it's got to feel right. You know, I think that uh, you're going to be uh, communicating a lot and you're mm -hmm. going to be, you're going to be sharing a lot of your life with them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot, you're going to have to share probably some personal things because it, it all, it all, molds together you know like your your personal life is going to affect your ability to train and um the the degree of your training or the amount of train your training is going to affect things in your personal and your professional life too so um so there's there's got to be a lot of trust there there's got to be good communication and you have to be able to get along i think that you should probably um well this is I was going to say that you should look for like fruit on the tree, but that's not always the case. I, I think that you can still have a good coach who maybe hasn't necessarily, um, you know, succeeded in those things themselves. I think that they could still be a good teacher and a good coach and a, and a good motivator. So I would say that that's not necessarily something that you have to look for. Um, uh, I, I just, I think it's just got to feel right. You know, you interview some people, find out. So I, I, I know a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about really that. How, how were you able to stand me for three years? Like, is it the communication, the trust that you mentioned? Uh, yeah, the, the trust. I think that, you know, when... Well, I had a, I had a coach through that first season. He was, he was awesome. He was really good. He moved on to do, um, to a different career path and mm -hmm. we, he got me to my first triathlon and, um, and we're still friends and, and it was great. And I really, um, cherished that, that relationship and that experience. And then I had to go looking for a new coach and then, um, the, the swim boot camp came along. I was kind of going to take a break and I wanted to explore, um, swimming and get, I really fell in love with swimming and I wanted to get better at it. Yeah. And so I signed up for the boot camp. And then when I had the opportunity to come to, come to California and I said, Hey, Shang, I'm going to be there. Can, you know, can we, can I get a session with you? And you kind of, you kind of like dropped everything to make that happen. Cause I know you're busy yeah. <laughs> and, um, and you made that happen. So that meant that was important to me. That meant a lot. And then I, we just, you know, clicked. And, yeah. you know, I think the communication was good. And, and then you kind of told me a little bit more about your program. And, gotcha. and I had already done my research on you too. And so it was like, okay, this is a good opportunity and a good mix. And it really, it really was kind of a no brainer from there, but I didn't, it's not like I had the, all these options to pick yeah, from exactly. either, you know, so yeah. okay. it, it just, right. the, well, 
what what I wanted to share to everyone is that the trust and the communication was huge for the coach as well. So if you have a coach yourself, that the trust and communication is very important because for the coach myself coming from myself, I was able, I've been able to help Eric much, 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 much better when I understand where he's coming from. And essentially, you know, by the end of the day, I don't see him just as an athlete. I see like all the other moving parts that affect him to be a happy, not just, you know, a success, all these medals and podiums, but actually an, a happy, balanced athlete. You know, someone who can actually like, oh, I love triathlon because this is so cool. So, yeah. So I just wanted to emphasize that, that because of that. So thanks for that, that, you know, like that we have a great communication. That's actually really helpful. Awesome. Yeah, you bet. All right. I think we're ready to move on to third number three. I'm actually taking notes. <laughs> okay. Um, so I just, like I said, these are kind of um, bullets, but um, community I think is, is very important. And, um, you, you have that through, uh, the Feisty Fox community. Um, that's like, that's kind of online and I've made some really, really good friends, people that I've never met before in my life, but that I consider like really awesome friends. We talk a lot, we communicate a lot. Um, we, we motivate each other. Um, we give each other shit, you know, like we, you know, it's like, don't talk about me, right? You know, All good things. Oh, sorry, excuse the language, but, um, but you know, it's like, we, we have that teammate camaraderie, which I, I love. And then I I've plugged into some local groups here too, yeah. um, that I've, I've just made some incredible friends through the community and they're, um, they're, they're teammates, but they're also friends. We share the same interests and and it's great and then inside of you know that big bullet of community i think it's important to to have um to have people that stretch you and people who are who are really a lot better than you that you can that don't mind having you around <laughs> mm -hmm. um and but then also people that you can kind of um you know hang back with and chill with and and have a good time with too i i, I it's easy to get into the trap of like having it as kind of like a social club where you're going out on rides, but you're just out for a stroll, you're going for runs, but you know, you, you might be at different abilities and you're having a good time to get together, but you might not necessarily be um, pushing yourself the way you should. And yeah. so I had, I had other groups that these people aren't, they, they don't really know me and they don't, I'm not really in their click, but I, I show up and I chase after them. And they they really stretch me, and so I thank them for that too. Yeah. Um, that they that they tolerate me, and and but they're still not afraid to drop me. They drop me all the time, and that's okay. <laughs> so, um, that's a big one. I think that's a new insight for for a lot of people here. Yeah, um, yeah. Basically, you know, you show up and you suck it up, even you get dropped. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm 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 also like that. I got dropped. But I just show up. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. And there were, you know, so there's a, a Tuesday and Thursday Scottsdale group. And these these guys are crazy. And they're, um, you know, they're insane. And they, I have, they really humble me because they're, they're nuts. Yeah. But it, I showed up a few times and got, you know, just totally dropped within the first, you know, Sorry, 10 no. minutes. It was like we went out for the, the warm up, you know, and then as soon as they hit the first hill, they were gone. And it was like, okay, wow, I've got a lot of work to do. And so I would, I, there were times when I wouldn't meet with them. I would go out early and I would get ahead of them. And then it was a race, okay. yeah, a race for me against them. It was like, let's see how long it takes 
that like how how long I can stay ahead of them, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so that's that's kind of a cool experience too, because then you're on your own and it's really up to you to yeah. push yourself and yeah. and see sure. what you can do. So and they would still you know catch me and swallow me up. But um, <laughs> but it's I think it's good to have that that mix because it is really easy to get comfortable within like a social group. Mm-hmm. And that might not always necessarily be what's best for your for your training it's good for you mentally though and it's it's good for your psyche to have people like that so i think i think there's a nice balance there that needs to happen jason says great job eric brian says incredible thanks so these three first three tips you guys mental health coaching It's critical community is important so those so far any, we are any, we are on three any questions you guys have about or any insights so you guys you guys have that already you guys know already what's your experience on that one um all right number four let's go to number four um help help all right <laughs> you're, there you go you, um you're probably probably gonna need some help Right. Um, and, you know, training depending on its intensity and, and how many hours you've committed to a week. Um, we're, we're not, we're not professional athletes. Um, that's not to say that professional athletes have it easy because they have lives too. They have families, they have everything else. Um, they, they deal with all of the same kind of life problems that we deal with. Um, the only difference is that we're, we're just kind of doing this for fun. Right. Yeah. And it costs a lot of money and it takes a lot of our time and it takes a lot from our, our ordinary lives. And so you're probably going to need some help and you're probably going to need to um, lean on some people to help you. And so you, you know, you bring up like, you know, four kids and there's just yeah. no, you know, we've got a full house and there's no way I could do it on my own. I've got a ton of help and I'm so grateful for that. And that might not always be available to everybody. Yeah. But I think there's still ways that you can creatively kind of make things work for you. Um, I, along with that, I also think it's important that, you know, people ask me like, or they've said like, you know, how can I like my, for instance, this is just an example of like a question that came up on one of the boards, but it was like, my wife was so supported through my first supportive through my first Ironman, but now she's like not as supportive anymore. And it's like, well, Yeah, dude, like she's probably, you know, wondering, are you going to do this for the rest of your life? You know? Yeah. And I think it's important to understand that, the, you know, your dream isn't everybody else's dream, you know, and other people are going to have their dreams, too. And so, you know, you might those same people might not always be available and you're still going to have to figure out how to kind of make it work for you. You can't get angry about that, but you're going to have to still figure out how to make it work for you. And, um, and then there's some people like in you, like your employer or, you know, people that you work with. Yeah. They um, don't sound. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe they have their dreams and, and you're a part of helping them accomplish yeah. their dream and mm-hmm. they're not too happy about you. You're working out, dream, <laughs> you know, so, you know, maybe they, they want you to work late and you can't, you know, so you're going to upset some people too. So, um, so I think all of that fits into that help category of, um, you're gonna, you're gonna need some people to help you. You're going to have to help some people sometimes too. And yeah. then just both just, ways. Yeah. You're going to have to both figure ways. out how to make it work. Yeah. So. All right. Paul, so Vinette is also doing this I'm one. Taking notes. I'm taking notes. <laughs> all right. You guys are uh, getting a lot from this one. So those 
who's just uh, those who are just uh, call, tuning in. Just want to share to you guys. We are talking about this. We are actually on the fifth next, but we, uh, basically Eric is sharing his top th- ten things that he learned uh, during his three year journey as a busy dad to become an Ironman Kona finisher. So he did it in three years from qualifying to qualifying to actually finishing the Kona in three years time. We are on the fifth. All right. So and I totally agree with you, the, the help part. And also part of it is actually being able to say help. Yeah. Because you're yeah. just like, hey, I can do this one because I'm, I'm an Iron Man. I'm becoming an Iron Man. I can do this. No, it's not a it's not a solo journey. Like all the right. things you just mentioned, you know, those are very, very important. Uh, so help. And of course, people are going to help you if you help them back. <laughs> you know, it's both ways. You know, be nice to people. <laughs> See, they can be nice to you too. Okay. Yeah. And like the, the, the degree of help they give you might vary from person to person too. Yeah. I know people whose wives are there or wives or husbands, spouses, whatever, are there for, mm-hmm. you know, like at the beginning of the race before the sun comes up and they're there till the very end. They're there in the rain. Yeah. They're there. You know, it's like, yeah. and then, you know, like, you know, uh, like, now Liz is like, Hey, we'll see you down there sometime. And it's like, okay, no problem. You know, yeah. she, I, I know like, you don't want to yeah. wake up at like 4am and go down there and wait in the cold just for me to start a swim. You know, it's like, I'll see you down there later. It's not a big yeah. deal, you know? So, um, right. so yeah. Um, I guess, sorry, I got, I got kids coming in right now. I got to tell <laughs> them. Uh, I'm on a zoom call. Thank you. Can you close right. the door? Bailey says, Bailey says, such good information and helpful. Thank right. you. Thank you. How are we doing on time? Are we? Uh, we're good. We got 15, 20 minutes. Okay, cool. Um, so now I've got, um, I wrote mix it up. And it I, up. and that is, um, so I, I do lots of stuff, not just triathlon. And actually there was just an article I just read in the triathlete magazine that just mm-hmm. came out and it was, it really kind of struck the chord because it was the author w- went to the doctor and the doctor asked like, are you a runner? And she was like, well, mm-hmm. not yes, but you know, but she's, well, no, you know, and, and then she's, she does triathlon, but she hasn't raced in like eight months. So she's like, am I still a triathlete? So there was this big like question in her mind of like, what, what am I exactly? Am I a swimmer? Well, I'm more than that, you know, and I'm a cyclist. Well, I'm more than that, you know? So um, I think that, it's nice that we can kind of do everything. We don't have to like put ourselves on this label of just triathlete. We can be multi-sport athletes. I like just being an athlete. I think being 45 years old and having the ability to, to be an athlete and that I can be called an athlete is, is awesome. So, um, but I like to mix it up. And so I do mountain biking. I do trail running. I, I think you remember when I broke my hand, when I took that spill on the bike, Yes, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Accidents. The first time who gets the news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I probably did. Hey, send you gosh, something picture, hanging like, in here. Yeah, my fingers, you know, dangling. <laughs> um, but that was, I mean, that was like a, a huge setback at that moment. And I was really upset about it. Yeah. But um, since I couldn't get on the bike and I couldn't swim, he did give me permission to run. And so I started hiking and I got on the trails and I hadn't really done a lot of that. And I fell in love with that. And I'm so glad that I did that because that like trail running now is one of my favorite things 
to yeah. do. And I, I don't think I would have discovered that. And it's great cross training too. So, um, and then there are, there was the V Everesting that you mentioned, you know, those are just like crazy wacky things that we do. Um, Grand because Canyon no crossing, you know, <laughs> what's that? Because we got no race. You got to do We something. got no race. Yeah. You know, <laughs> doing stuff like the Grand Canyon and doing uh-huh. other things like that. So, um, you know, there's ultra running, there's just, there's lots of different things that we can do. There's, uh, the Xterra triathlon c- series is like getting hot right now, gravel biking, you know, so there are a lot of things that you can do to mix it up. And once again, like kind of maintain that mental health of like, not just like steady, constant, like swimming laps, you know, doing by trainer. Let me add on that one to uh, Eric. So, so for Eric, you know, I, I told him, like, I want you to be happy athlete. You know, I want you to just tell me anything you want, not just really the Ironman. So sometimes he'll be like, coach, I'm going to go do the rim to rim to rim coach. I'm going to do the Goggins, you know? So to me, I'm like, okay, let's do it. And what's, uh, what, what I like about Eric also is that he's not afraid to actually jump into something new. And in fact, when he started doing, he, he has not been a mountain biker, you know, like he just got a bike and he was like, so in love with the bike. And he would tell, coach, I'm going to, I'm going to sign up for this mountain bike race. It'll be my first time. So he got, yeah, he got, he got kicked. <laughs> like he was like, you know, like he was having trouble, but he got better at that. So what I like is that he allows himself to be okay, to be, you know, just learning, be at, not, not at the front, but actually getting through it. And sometimes it sucks, you know, just (laughs) and not knowing what to do, having all these mistakes, but he's like a kid, you know, like, you know how a kid is. He's just like curious. Oh, maybe I'll do that and try it. And then, okay, it's fun. Let's do more of it. (laughs) So, so yeah. So for Eric, you know, I didn't stop him to do that. I didn't say, no, 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 it's not part of your training. It's not going to help you, but I know it will because, you know, I'm crazy too. I do a lot of different things. And actually one of those things that he did was that he did one of the, there's several of them, but one of them was the Arizona 70.3. And that was uh, last year. So he did that Arizona 70.3, two weeks after he did the rim to rim to rim to rim. Is that three, four? And then the next thing is that two weeks after that, he did the Ironman Arizona. That one was uh, with brutal winds. And he still did well. It's mainly because of all the trainings that we've been doing. So, like, it was all, within six weeks. 5.70.3 yeah. and then sub-12 hours on that uh, Arizona with brutal winds. So, mix it up. Awesome. Love that you, you, you got a good shortcut name. Nice. All right. Number yeah. six. Pam likes it. Pam likes that one. All right. Yes. Uh, Pamela said mix it up. Yes. She does the same. Mix it up. Mix (laughs) it up. Make it interesting. Keep it fun. Um, Stay steady. Stay steady. Um, This, this is probably, this is probably my, my biggest challenge is um, Mm -hmm. staying steady because uh, you know, because life happens, right. Mm -hmm. And problems spring up. And so, um, you know, and, and I think there's another point. Yeah. My next point is, is kind of, dives deeper into that with, with balance and things. Um, but the, yeah, another part of staying steady is that it's not always like, you're not always going to feel great. Mm. And so it's easy to kind of cop out of a workout when you're not, you're not feeling like it, you're not feeling great. And that's exactly when you need to go and do that workout. Um, and the book, one of the books I just read, um, 
Bravey, I think I told you about it, Shane. The yeah. um yeah. by um Papas. Um anyway, she her coach told her about the rule of thirds, and this one really kind of struck a chord with me. Um it, it says that a third of the time you should feel great, a third of the time you should feel so-so, and a third of the time you should feel crappy. Mm-hmm. And uh, if any of those things are out of balance, it's time to kind of reassess. And there's there's probably a problem with your training. If you're feeling good all the time, you're probably not pushing yourself enough, right? Yep. And if you're feeling crappy all the time, you're probably overtraining. Yep. Um, but the comforting thing in that is knowing that when you feel crappy, like that's where you're supposed to be. Like you're, you're supposed to feel that way, like a third of the time, right? That's <laughs> yeah. part of the process, you yeah. know? So yeah, you, you put stressor in it. You, you're going to feel something. Yeah. But, um, and then, you know, that like, uh, I think Reggie asked me the other day, like, uh, man, I'm feeling sorry, Reggie, to mention your name, but um, I think he's okay with it. But, it, you know, <laughs> he was like this right now. He's like this because he's getting ready for, for Ironman Arizona. He's like, this fatigue is building. He's like this, you know, like, when's my taper supposed to start? You know, that's <laughs> like taper, what taper, you know, we don't taper, you know? but no, um, you know, but it's like the, you know, sometimes you say these things and after you say it, you like, it, it, it even rings a bell inside your head. You're like, wow, like I needed to hear that, you know, but it's like the growth happens in the fatigue. Like the fatigue is when the growth happens, you know? And if you think about like, even when you, when you go and lift weights, like the, you don't get stronger by lifting the the weights, you know, you tear yourself up. The, the strength comes from the recovery, right? It comes when you go to sleep and you recover. So it's the same thing like that, you know, building up that, uh, that fatigue and then the recovery aspects, those are all things that are supposed to happen. You need to work through that because that's when the improvement is really, really happening. So that's part of staying steady. And I think we need to probably mention and distinguish that pain is not fatigue and you don't want yeah, to. So you got to make sure there's a fine line there too. Yes. You got to train hard because, and you need to feel that it's working. You don't want to be like easy or like, it's always the happy place. You will feel something. Right. And then the, the next thing is that like, you got to also determine like what's pain, right? Where, and you cannot show up next day. Right. They also. All right. I think that's All a good right. distinction. And yeah, I, I, um, I forget about that sometimes that sometimes <laughs> people will like try to like push through pain and like agony. And it's like, no, no. Like if it's like white hot pain, you need to stop. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But yeah. there, uh, you know, so I'm speaking more of those times where you just, you know, you just feel kind of like blah, or you just like, you know, I'm tired or you're not, you know, you're out there, you're trying your hardest, but you're not hitting your, your paces, you know, and you're just like, God, what's wrong with me today? I don't know what's going on. I can't seem to, to hit this pace. It's like, well, this, this, you're supposed to be feeling this way. You know, this is a, yeah. a good thing, you know, it's not always like, it's not always spot on that you're going to hit it because it is hard. You're going to have to push it harder. And it's right. Good. Right. And the, the point that she makes in the book is that you like, you can still give a hundred percent, like a hundred percent when you feel great and a hundred percent when you feel bad are going to look totally different. Mm -hmm. But as long as you know that you gave a hundred percent, like you can, you can go home knowing that like you did your part for the day. Give your all. Give your all. Yeah. Awesome. All right. We're moving along everyone. You guys learning a lot from this one. Yes. Quinn says growth happens in fatigue. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Okay. All right. Okay. Ready for the Um, next 
Sorry, yeah, and I know we you're doing good. Here. You're doing amazing. Okay, so you're doing great. So the the big one that um, people always bring up, like with um, you know having a family and you know owning a business, everything else is the balance. You know, how do you balance? You know, and I think we always look for balance in our lives, and I haven't found it. Um, I don't. I don't know if it exists. You know. <laughs> um, you know, and they, you know, they say, wow, you're, you're like juggling a lot. And it's like, I, I don't feel like it's juggling because that takes like coordination and it looks pretty, you know, and this is more, I call it like whack-a-mole, you know, it's just like you're, you know, something <laughs> fires up over here and you're whacking that one and you're like, oh, this now, this over here. So um, it's, you know, you're always going to be kind of battling those things in life that are springing up, but you can try your best to um, be prepared. So, you know, prepare for your workout. Uh, like your morning workout, prepare, prepare for that the night before, you know, um, try to schedule things in a way that where you can, mm-hmm. you know, work your um, routine in. and you, you're going to have to like prioritize that yeah. sometimes and you're going to have to decide, you know, what's important for you. And, you know, balance implies that like, we're able to give, like, we're able to take all these things in our lives and distribute our time equally and I don't think that that's realistic, right? Because we already like we have to sleep eight hours a day, right? And most of us can't even master that. Yeah. You know, I know I can't. And so, um, so sometimes you just have to like do what's necessary, and you might have to skip the workout, or you might have to, you know, you might decide that you had to skip a party or something because yeah. because of your workout or something, you know. So you're gonna have to decide you know, what's important to you, but sometimes it's not always about like what's important to you. Sometimes it's like you have to do what's necessary, you know? So you might want to do something else, but you have to go and do what's necessary. So I read a quote the other day that said, there said, there's um, no solutions, only trade-offs. And that, that was from an economics perspective. But for me, it really, uh, it really spoke to me in my life and the decisions that I make of like, well, it, it always seems like you're making a trade for something because we, we only have so much time in a day, you know? So if I, if there are two things that I want to do, like, I'm going to have to trade one for the other. And if I'm, and then if I can look honestly at the things that I'm not accomplishing, I can say, okay, well, what have I been trading for that? Cause I've, I haven't been doing that, but I've obviously been doing something else. Mm-hmm. So what trades have I been making and what trades can I make to get what I want? So, yeah, that's, I think that's very helpful. I think uh, also what I, uh, what I also as knowing you, Eric, is, is dynamically changing. Like you adjust always depending on the day, you know, it's not like it's always balanced 30, 30%, you know, like this, it's, Cause something comes up sometimes so you just like have to like, okay, adjust w- what's the most important thing today. And what I like about Eric is because he communicates, he plans ahead. He does his best to, to plan ahead. And for example, he would, you know, like if he, he knows that the workout is necessary, he does wake up early. He would be up 4 a.m. You know, like in Arizona with the lights on, riding his bike, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. He's done his workout by like 8 or 9, also because he gets hot in Arizona. 
And right. like everything else, it's like, okay, got to drop off the kids. And then he even gives me the map of where everything's at. Here's the track. <laughs> here's the, here's the gym. I, I could probably hit this pool on the way. And then oh, here's there's, the a nice, mountain. there's a really good hill right here. I can <laughs> yeah. It's right here. And, and the hill. Yeah. The hill. <laughs> So it's, it's a communication, like what is doable? Cause sometimes, yeah, I would love Eric to go to the mountains, but how long is the drive? It's like one or two hours. Is it worth it? Can we get some workout where it is within the vicinity? Because all those driving takes time. So like really a, a lot that has helped me is that Eric trusts me and also like communicates really well, especially when, um, yeah, he's just so busy at work. And sometimes he had to like, coach, I can't, I can only do 30 minutes. And sometimes we negotiate. <laughs> hey, right. Eric, can you do 30 minutes? How about 20 minutes? How about just this body maintenance? Okay, Eric, right. I'm going to let you go because I, I, you need a mental break right now. <laughs> you need a, you know, some, some rest, you know? So, so those things, it, it does vary. So love what you shared that it changed and, you know, you go after what's necessary. And then Andrea had a question. She asked, do you time block or have a schedule on your phone to manage all of this? No, uh, because I feel like I feel like it it takes time to do that, and it always just gets blown out the window. And so for me, that feels like a waste of time. I do that in a more uh, m more of like I write down the things in the day that are absolutely important that I need to get done, and then and I really do try to work the, you know, to try to make the workout a part of that. Most of the time that's possible. Um, but as far as like a minute by minute, uh, some people can do that. I, I can't because it just, it never seems to, to work out. And it seems like it takes more time for me to create that than it does to, to just kind of, I kind of go with the flow a lot of times. Cause like you said, things are always popping up. So I think for you, uh, what you've been doing, Eric, is like, what's the top three things that's important. Is that how it is? Like when you go out on a day, what's the top two or three things that I got to do today? Yeah. And I've got my, I've got my swim bag with me or I've got my running shoes, like running shoes are great. Right. You know, you have a pair of shorts and shoes and you can, you know, if there's, if I have a cancellation somewhere or if you know, like somebody, you know, is late or whatever, like, I can run, I can go to the job site early and I can hop out of my truck and run and then come. I have that luxury. I work construction. So if I come back from a run sweaty, like I'm just going to get dirty <laughs> anyways, you know? Um, but if you can try to fit something in or, or even, God, even if you know, you're not going to like make your whole swim, you know, go to the gym and mm -hmm. get in the sauna or something, you know, like, but just keeping that habit going and keeping that momentum rather than just like, well, I, you know, I slept in, so now I'm not going to make it. So now I'll just sleep for another 30 minutes, you know, like, you got to do, something. you know, yeah, just <laughs> for a little I guess try to do, try oh, to do something. Yeah. So everyone enjoying this one, everyone, we're, we're going along the next one for Eric. All right. Let's Number do this eight. One. Number eight. Um, so I wrote, be careful what you say to yourself. And so this has to do with self-talk. And um, I, I think it's very easy to get discouraged in many different ways along the way, both in our training and when things spark up in life and it starts to get hard and complicated. Mm -hmm. um, we can really give ourselves some negative talk. And uh, I know that that was there. I caught myself in that trap a lot. And it's easy to go kind of spiral down if you don't 
you know, kind of kick yourself back out of it. Um, I also, I, you know, there are a lot of athletes, if we want to get back on the Kona track, I know a lot of athletes that are totally capable of like making a top 10 finish in a, in a, a full Ironman. And that would give them a pretty good chance at a Kona qualification, but, but they don't believe that they can do it. And, um, and that's frustrating to watch, but I've, I was there too. I was, you know, I was like, Oh yeah, I, I want to go to Kona, but I, but I can't, you know, but I, I'm never, that's never going to happen to me. And I think it's so interesting that we like, we say what we want, but then we also tell ourselves that we're not capable, like in the same sentence, you know? So, um, like be careful of that because like you're, you're programming yourself. Right. So why, why can't you, you know, why can't you get a top 10 finish? You know, like if you work hard enough, you can, you can totally do that. Um, so, and, and that ties out to like, when I, when I found out there were more slots available at CDA, like I didn't go to, I didn't register for Coeur d'Alene mm-hmm. thinking that it was going to be a qualifier. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, and, but we, we trained for it, you know, we trained just, we trained just to, just to do my best, right. Just yeah, to, yeah. to PR yeah. and yeah. just, just do my best. And then it wasn't until like, you know, a few days before I left when they announced that they released more spots, mm-hmm. more slots for a Kona qualification. And it was like, yeah. Oh, well, maybe, maybe I can do this, you know? And so it was like that self-talk kind of changed, mm-hmm. you know, and it's amazing that it happened. Right. But like the self-talk changed, you know? So it, I think, and that, and I'll, I'll explain later why that carried me through the race. Um, you know, cause I'll, all through the bike, I was just the the whole race. It was like Kona, Kona. That was my mantra for the race was Kona, Kona. Every time I slowed down, it was like Kona. I'm going to Kona, going to Kona. So it was a hot race too. It was a hilly hot race and it was hard. It was hot. We had prepared for it. uh, Kona, Kona, Kona. You know, like I can, I can, I can. Yeah. When you start thinking about like, I can, it will, you will. It did. Now you're a Kona, Kona finisher, Kona qualified Kona finisher. Yeah. And, and there'll be, you know, and so like we talked before about like some people are, are going to be for your goal and some people won't, you know, so it's really easy to listen to like the naysayers too, you know, and it's really easy to buy into that. And it's really easy to start kind of like playing that back in your head too. So yeah. just, just be careful of that. Just watch, choose watch out for listen. that. Yeah. Choose who listen, who you listen to. Not everyone will like you, <laughs> but listen to the ones who like you. All right. Uh, they, say, they say if everybody likes you, you're doing it wrong, right? So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Reggie, Reggie also had a question. What made you not quit during Kona, during the race? Um, so a lot of that was that self-talk kind of change where it was like, I'm, I, I really believed after they released those extra spots uh, well, we had, like I said, we had prepared, we knew what my paces were. We do what we had put together a good game plan, mm-hmm. uh, to follow. And it was like, it, it just, I don't know, for some reason, like, it's crazy what, what like belief will do. Right. Because it was like, all of a sudden, like, I just, and I didn't really see it at the time, you know, but, but I still just kind of believed that it was possible. Like that's kind of what changed. And so, Because in the race, there's plenty of opportunities to quit, not just 
to quit like the race, like you're going to finish the race, right? You signed up for it. Like, you know, all of us want to finish and get across the line and get that medal. Right. I mean, we paid for it. We worked for it, but there are plenty of times to like kind of quit mentally during the race, you know, and like, you know, maybe you, you know, maybe you walk, maybe you slow down on the bike. Maybe you take some extra time in transition. Maybe you take some extra time at that, at that water station or that aid station, you know, there's, there's plenty of opportunities to, you know, I I call it kind of quitting. You just kind of, you say, Oh, whatever. Like like what you can and capable to do. And yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, I'm just going to, I'll just coast from here on out and I'll finish, you know, like it's you, you have this, um, this negotiation in your head, right. Of like the pain versus the reward. Right. And it's like, well, if I'm not, if I'm not going to get a spot, then what's the point of like going through all this pain. Right. Or if I'm not going to hit my PR, what's the point? Or like, I'm not, I'm not hitting the paces that I wanted to, <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> that I wanted to hit in my plan, you know? So what's the point, you know? So you kind of, yeah, you kind of check out, you know? So all right, I guess that's what changed was the belief. Awesome. All right. I like that. I think we are down to number nine. All right. You guys are taking notes. These are all good stuff. Yes. There's a lot of really or, good. This value. is really good. Uh, Eric. I hope this is okay. Oh, um, oh, this is great. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Um, comparison. Uh, we hear it, uh, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. Um, but, um, I got, I did get some, some bad talk about, you know, like you said, not everybody's going to like you. Right. Um, <laughs> I did get some bad talk about my qualification, which is, um, which is disappointing. I, I heard it from people. I saw it in, uh, online and, um, I saw it with other people who went to St. George for worlds too, because what happened was Ironman made more slots available. And so there were people, there were naysayers out there. They're going to be everywhere, but people who said, you know, Oh, well, you know, these people might not have, um, have have qualified in the traditional way for this world championship and so and what they're really saying is that that to them that made their qualification less valuable Mm -hmm. because somebody else might have gotten it in a different manner and i think that's really really sad for them right that they you know they diminish their own value and their own worth because of somebody else's accomplishment and so um so you can't let that affect you either and and don't be that person for sure (laughs) you know but but also don't let um other people and what they're saying affect you and be careful about who you're comparing yourself to because this is always about you versus you right it's always about doing your best and if you if you are constantly doing your best and you are constantly um competing against yourself and improving the only way is to go is up right and you will, you will get better. Um, there was another quote or another point that I made. Yeah. Just compare you to you, you know, yeah. it's you versus you. And, uh, if you're going to compare, and that's what it was. If you're going to compare, um, look to others for inspiration and hope and, and good things. Right. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, I totally agree with you, Eric. So like, for me, you know, like I only listen or like I have blinders if it's positive and it makes me feel positive and makes me feel happy. I listen more. If it makes me yeah. like, like, or like, I don't like myself anymore. 
I got blinders, so I'm not looking at that because I got right. a lot of that too. People are not gonna, people are not gonna like you, you all the time. Okay, right. and actually, you know, like this this guy here. I mean, two point four miles, one eighteen hours, six oh three, four twenty in Kona, eleven fifty seven. Definitely deserving Ironman World Championship finisher, Eric. Again, congratulations for that. You did it three years. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely are in it. All right. Love it. Okay. So love that. Comparison is the thief of joy. Last but not the least. Um, so, um, and we've heard this one before too. So these, so I read a lot. So like a lot of when I was like writing all this stuff down, then like these, like these kind of like bullets came to mind of like, yeah, that reminds me of this. And that reminds me of that. So that's how I, I kind of, um, titled these, but, um, good luck, uh, finds those who prepare for it. Right. So this goes back to your point about CBA mm -hmm. and the announcement for the additional slots. And it was like, it was like, we had this like incredible opportunity in front of us. Mm -hmm. that we prepared for we didn't know it was going to be there we didn't know it was going to be available but but we were ready for it we were you know and and the fact that i um you know santa rosa i i might not have had the same you know um experience it was a june race which means that i was training in arizona mm -hmm. and i was already very heat acclimated yeah. <laughs> and this the, yeah. the race in cda was one of the hottest on record i think it i think yes. other people had like a hotter one but it was like 104 degrees on the run. Like it was miserable. People, they had a very high um, rate of, I'm sorry. High yeah. The DNFs were like huge, like through the roof, like people were dropping like flies. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was, that was my benefit, right? Because I came from Arizona and people were like, Oh, you brought the heat with you. And I'm like, yeah, it's I'm good, good for us, you know? And all the other guys from Arizona that I raced with did great in that race, uh, guys and gals. And so, so like we were ready for it. So it was neat that the, that, that opportunity came along. And then if I, I'll just like tell a little bit of the story too, because um, let me just see real quick, bear with me. Uh, Cause I kind of had to write down some, some numbers, the heat acclimation, more spots open. And so then we were like, okay, it's on. So there were 23 slots for my age group, which mm -hmm. is huge. That's kind of yeah. unheard of. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that's what made it to, to me seem possible. But here's the kicker. I finished in 24th place. Mm -hmm. So and when I got done, I crossed the finish line. You don't have your phone on you. You know, you just have your time. So it was like and I'm just like exhausted. And I remember sitting there at the food tent and like I asked somebody if I could like use their phone to check the check this like my place, you know. And I checked it and I knew that I needed 23rd for the slot and I was 24th place. And it was like, yeah, like it's almost... <sighs> I, you know, I was just so crushed. Like I, like I missed it. You know, I just, I remember just being so well. And at the end of the race, you're just like deflated anyways, you know, like you, you've got nothing left. And I just remember being so crushed. And I remember calling my sister that night. And I was just like, I was so upset. You know, I was like, I missed it, you know? And, and it's like, I mean, I'll go to the ceremony tomorrow. I'll go to the roll down. We'll see what happens. And so, um, you know, and then you start playing these things in your head. Like, what could I have done differently? Like the guy ahead of me finished like four and a half minutes ahead of me. 
And it's like, you think of all the, the moments during the day on that course yeah, where, differently. where you might have like minutes. held back a little bit, or you might've taken that extra yeah. time. There was like, all right, I had to stop and tie my shoe or I had to like do this. Yeah. I shouldn't have taken that extra water break. I should, you know, and it was just like, ah, you know, it was just so, it was really painful, you know, and it was, it, it really hurt. But, um, I went, we went to the roll down spot the next day. And so I don't know if people are familiar with, for those who aren't familiar. So they have these slots available. If somebody ahead of you doesn't take the slot, then that's called the roll down. So that rolls to the next place. So the person in front of me wasn't there and Mm. they didn't get the spot. And so the slot rolled down to me. And so I, I got that last spot in my bracket and, and that's how I got it. So it was like, it was luck, but there were, and then the person after me, um, was like one minute, 30 seconds behind me. So like, if I had, if there were any of those <laughs> other moments where I would have said like, Oh, I'll take an extra break here or, Oh, I'll stop, you know, then another minute and 30 seconds, they would have had that spot too. So like, that's, that's my point of this is like, you, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. in in any situation so you just do your best all the time try to and prepare and hopefully good luck finds you yeah. um and you're ready when it when it hits so because that's because my my kona story is a is a, a it's a hard work story but it's a good luck story too there you go <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so, so that's what i wanted to end with all right so everyone, are you guys getting a lot from this? We went over a little bit, but I actually have the 10, 10 points. So I'm gonna, just going to read off. So for if you missed out, you guys uh, can follow through. And to the we have the replay available, so that will be available. But I'm just going to read through. Number one, Eric said, mental health aspect is as important as physical health. That's bullet number one that he learned. Second, coaching is critical. Third, Community is also important. He has used that. Number four, help. You're going to need people to help you, and you're going to need to help people, so vice versa, both ways. Fifth, mix it up, meaning that don't just do triathlon, you know, so make it fun. Sixth, stay steady. Stay steady. Seventh, having uh, having a family balance. Keep it balanced, okay? Uh, be careful what you say to yourself. Number eight. Number nine. Comparison is the thief of joy. Number 10. Last but not the least, good luck finds those who prepare for it. You guys get, get a lot from that. Which one stood out for you? Which one? Which one do you like the most or can relate? Which Tell one, us more about it. Which one do you need to implement? A yeah, bit which more? one? Which one of that? Could, could it be balance <laughs> that Eric's also still working out, always changing still, but he's getting through it. He's getting, he's actually doing well. I think, you know, after <laughs> seeing what's happening, <laughs> we decided. <Yeah. laughs> There's a lot here. going on for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. A lot going on, but I, I lo- a lot of this one is a learning process. There's a lot of this one's a learning process. Once you like, okay, Hey, I want that. How badly do you want this one? And then, yeah, it's not going to be always easy. It's not going to be always hard. It's all, it's all up to you of how you make your journey be. It's, you really have the control of it. And the bonus of it is that you will have this kind of learnings that Eric also 
has gotten in that three-year journey wherein he qualified. He he aimed for it, you know, like he he didn't know it was going to be a little over a year that he'll qualify, that he will actually race in three years. And we talked about this one. It was only four years ago when he did his first triathlon. Okay. Only four years ago. Only four years ago when he did his ever, first ever Ironman and qualified his on his second Ironman for Kona, right? So that was even with COVID, all right? So we went through a lot. So that's what we do, everyone. If you have more questions, please, please don't hesitate to post it here. And uh, look at uh, Andrea, learned a lot. Mental health, coaching is great. People are taking notes. They're cool. listing it out. Awesome. Way to I go. Hope that helps. I hope that helps some people. So Yeah, definitely. Michelle says the way to go, Eric. Way great. to be a Thank great inspiration. A lot Point. of great information. Also Thank say you. comparison is a thief of joy. They're taking notes, Eric. Thank you. Thank They're going to code on you now. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the three C's. Cool. Calm. Calm and collected. And collected. Do your best to stay Do your best. There you go. Awesome. Well, oh, Gloria just signed in too. So that's what we do here in Ironman and Beyond, everyone. So we do this weekly live training. We talk about things that we believe that would really, really help you. We invite special guests just like Eric who have benefit like on the journey of triathlon and actually giving back. So, you know, like if you are one of those who's like ready to take actions, you're, you're a go-getter. You know it by heart. You don't want to be average, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be also Kona, okay? You know, like, anything big. for So, for example, Eric mentioned earlier, like, sprint. Yeah, so, so for some people, it's short, but that was big for me. You know, that was big for me. If your big dream right now is a sprint triathlon or 70.3, all right? And that's actually getting out of your comfort zone. And you're ready to take action, ready to go for that dream. Let us give you the game plan, you know, just 15 minutes on a free call. Have a talk with us and let me, us help you show, uh, let us help you like show like what are the things that you're able to actually do right now or focus right now. Because triathlon can be <laughs> crazy, you know, swim, bike, run. There's so many things. So what is it that you want to focus on? Like what are the areas? Yes, okay. there's a lot more areas than just the swim, bike, run. You right. got to know that. So, yeah. So if you want that free 15-minute call, just put hashtag game plan and we can talk to you. We can talk about your dreams and goals and help you guys out. And so now before, uh, you are superhuman, Eric. They, they, they think you're superhuman, that, Eric. Andrea said that. <laughs> All right. Thank you for the Thanks, information, <laughs> Brian said. All right. So, uh, Eric, do you have any you have already given a lot. <laughs> so do you have any words or advice to everyone before we let you go? How do you feel? How things are? Any? Um, no, just, um, you know, moving into the new, I think we talked uh, earlier. I, I told you I was, you know, trying to take a minute to reassess. I think sometimes, especially after you do something like you hit that big goal, it's, it's a good idea um, to take a break and kind of reassess and figure out where you want to go from here it's totally natural to you develop like these ha this habit, right. And this is like routine to like, just keep on grinding forward and yeah. grinding forward. But if you, if you don't know where you're going, like you, you know, what are you, what are you doing? So that's kind of where I am right now is like, what, what do I want to do next? Yeah. Um, I, 
I think with, uh, we need to keep on stretching ourselves all the time. Right. So, um, I'm kind of looking for the next, the next <laughs> big thing, right. To, uh, to go out and achieve. I think that, um, you know, your dream has to scare you a little bit. Right. And if it's not scaring you, then it's probably not big enough. Okay. And so, uh, I need to, I need to find something challenging. So that's what we're working on next. So, yeah. All right. Love that last words for today. Yep. Or today. Or today. <laughs> or today. All right. Thanks a lot, Eric. Thanks a lot, thank everyone. If you guys got a lot of value, just put hashtag value. Let's thank Eric's time because I we know he's busy. You guys are busy too, but you're here. So we love you all. We're always happy to just get together and then just learn from each other. Yes. And we'll see you on the next live next training. Live training. All right. Bye, everyone. And have a great weekend. Bye, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.